Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. How many of you can say that you want to live long, healthy, and happy lives? I believe that most of us do, and that is something that I particularly want to do uh, as, as best as I possibly can while I'm here on this earth. Well, my guest today can help you do just that. My guest is none other than Sergey Young, and he's written an amazing book, a best-selling book right now, which is called The Science and Technology of Growing Young. In this book, uh, basically what it does is he demystifies the longevity landscape, cutting through the hype and showing readers, you guys, what you can do now to live better for longer and offering a look into the exciting possibilities that do await us as well. By viewing aging as a condition that can be cured, uh, we can dramatically revolutionize the field of longevity and make it accessible for everyone. Sergey's story uh, is quite incredible as well, growing up in Russia. His goal is to live to 200 and find an affordable way for everyone else to do the same. He he says that we are on the brink of a longevity revolution with new scientific discoveries and exciting technological advances now making it possible to reverse aging and treat previously incurable diseases. Helping people to live long, healthy, and happy lives is Sergey's lifelong mission. He has coached everyone from his wonderful housekeeping lady to Forbes billionaires, and their enthusiastic feedback has inspired him to share his knowledge with more people in the world. You guys, this is how his corporate longevity work initiative, a free corporate life extension program designed to help people adopt longevity, promoting lifestyles, was born as well as the idea to write his best-selling book, The Science and Technology of Growing Young, which you can go and get a copy of right now. It's available for all of you. Uh, As part of his mission to make longevity affordable and accessible to everyone, he's founded the $100 million 
Longevity Vision Fund, one of the few longevity-focused funds in the world. He's also an innovation board member at the XPRIZE Foundation, a non-for-profit organization founded by his good friend, Peter, Dr. Peter Diamandis, and development uh, sponsor for the Age Reversal XPRIZE as well. My goodness, was this a very interesting and fascinating conversation that I have no doubt is going to literally flip the switch for a lot of the areas that you may not have known about, and especially when it comes to technologies. I was so intrigued uh, when I was interviewing Sergey, and I had so many questions, but you know, maybe there's gonna be a part two later on, who knows? But don't forget to share this conversation around with your friends and family. Let everyone know about this one especially. Also go and support Sergey in his amazing work by buying a copy of his book or sharing this one around as well. I know he would be incredibly grateful for you guys if you did that. Uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review before you go and make sure that you subscribe to uh, keep up to date with more amazing episodes each and every week. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It's time to journey with me into the story box and learn about the science and technology of how we can grow young and live a little bit longer here on this earth. While we also listen to the incredible story of none other than my now good friend, Sergey Young. Hi, Jay. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Um, we're all excited to have you on the Storybox, man, because like I was telling you just earlier, this is a subject that I feel like everyone wants to hear. Everyone wants to know the science, the research behind how can we stop the effects of aging? I think the main question for a lot of people is, how can we live forever, right? So <laughs> here on earth, that is. <laughs> so my my first question to you before we dive into, I guess, your backstory and uh, your amazing research is what does success look like for you? Well, I'm, I'm the man with the mission of changing 1 billion lives. Yeah. And it, the way I want to bring this change is to create affordable and accessible version of healthcare and longevity to the world. This, this is as simple as that. And this is as difficult as that. It's it's just an amazing thing to have this mission because like everything you do, you measure through lenses of impact. So this feels great. And it's also the other beauty of this mission is you obviously have to give more than you take from yeah. the people, from the universe. This actually makes your life really beautiful. Mm. Why do you do it, Sergey? What sort of motivates you every single day to do what you do? Um, well, let me answer on it like a really personal friendly way mm. uh, and level. Um, so when I started to change my lifestyle, my diet, my all health routines, and I became much healthier man, uh, this is all started back in 2014. I pushed so, so many of my friends to do their annual health screening. Mm -hmm. And some of them discovered early stage cancer. All of them uh, has been treated they, and they fully recovered. So they called me back and said, Sergey, and, and all of them literally said, Sergey, you saved my life. And uh, after you receive few calls like that, you're always on the hook. This is the most amazing feeling that, that you can have in your life. So I thought, like, if I manage to save a life of, what, five, seven people, can I do the same with, uh, like, the half of the planet? 
Uh, so that's been an amazing feeling. And I, I really want to continue doing that. And, and this is where this whole thing started. Mm, that's a pretty amazing goal to have. I mean, one, 1 billion people, I kind of can relate to you on that front because I want to reach every single person on the face of the earth with a story. So I, I have no doubt that your story on the story box one day is going to reach billions, billions of people, <laughs> man. That's my, that's what I want to do and help others realize their worth, you know? So I appreciate you sharing your personal story there of why you do what you do in the first place. So I want to go back a little bit to how you got started in the first place. So you mentioned, I think it was, I believe, uh, was it 2014? Is that correct? 2014, yep. you, you started to get your life on track. So what were you doing before that? What was your life prior to you trying to change your life now? Yeah, so uh, this is very interesting. <clears throat> and actually, I'm much closer uh, to Australia uh, at this time. So I was born in a very small town. And, and some people say they from like middle of nowhere. I'm from the end of nowhere. My hometown was uh, on the shores of uh, Pacific Ocean, Japanese Sea. And it was much closer to Japan than to regional capital. So this is how far I went when I was born. And, um, and it was former USSR. So at this time, like the, like the biggest travel adventure that I can think of would be to go to Poland or to Hungary. Uh, followed by your KGB agent, and, and that's it. So then 1989, Perestroika, I moved to Moscow for my first degree. I have three degrees in, in different areas. And uh, for some people, like becoming an adult is like a, a few years process. For me, it was just one phone call from my mom. Uh, she said, Sergey, uh, both of us, your know, father and, and mother, uh, lost our jobs one day. And right now, uh, you are like the main, you know, man, main man in the family. Mm. And uh, oh, it was pretty difficult. And I actually started with, uh, with a lot of different student jobs. But uh, one of them was like cleaning windows of skyscrapers in Moscow. It was pretty scary. But uh, the fear of starvation and like this whole degree of responsibility for my family, for my parents, for younger brother uh, was bigger than that. And this is where my career started. It was at the time when I've managed actually to work full time uh, and to study full time at the university. It was uh, difficult, but uh, very interesting. So I'm insecure overachiever, like whatever comes easy, I couldn't really appreciate. And then this is my biggest blessing and this is my uh biggest problem and then back in 2014 obviously the when i when i met uh, and faced my first health crisis um i was really not prepared for that i was just paying zero attention to my health i've delegated all like all of us we delegated all our health related decisions to other parties like big pharma uh industrial food producers healthcare providers government and i had zero voice in this conversation so i started to develop my knowledge I, I went on discovery path like how human biology works what what actually influence our health today what are the technologies and science that we should expect in 10 15 years from now and it was such a fascinating subject so i founded longevity vision fund uh, funny story about insecure overachievement 
So I, I thought I'll just do like a small fund to support the development of the space. It's, it's just much easier to learn by bringing your skin in the game rather than just reading articles on the internet. And, um, but I raised my $50 million in the first five minutes. So uh, and it was so easy for me. So I couldn't really appreciate that. So I immediately moved the target to $100 million. This is not my money. This is money of investors who trust my judgment in terms of investing in longevity field and making the world uh, a better place. But uh, just funny how we cannot really appreciate if something, you know, uh, is given to us in kind of five minutes with um, low efforts. So that's the story. Right now, I'm an investor. We're investing at uh, 10, 12 companies a year. I'm looking at fascinating uh, science and technology. We're looking at 200 companies a year. And I thought, <clears throat> and I obviously know a lot of people that you mentioned and and more you know, amazing minds and amazing cards in uh, in the world of longevity technology. And I thought, if I'm having this beautiful access to these 200 companies that no one has, because we are quite, there's, there's very few longevity focused funds in the world. We're actually the largest longevity focused uh, fund uh, in the world. I should share it. So I started writing the book. It's, uh, it's been an amazing three years journey. And, and I had so many interesting discussions with guys like David Sinclair, as you mentioned, George George, uh, the man behind sequencing human genome, understanding our DNA. Um, and uh, with uh, Dr. Sasumi Tachi from Japan, the man who invented human avatars back in 1980. And I even had a conversation, an hour and a half conversation with Peter Jackson on uh, the ethics of the future. Uh, and this man, I mean, this is amazing, man. And I don't need to share, you know, in Australia, like how great he is, but like discussing the future of human avatars with the man behind the avatar movie, uh, Hobbit's movie, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, was really amazing. So, well, that's the book. And uh, as you mentioned, it's uh, coming out to the market in the end of August. I'm very excited. It's already number one in three categories on Amazon which is brilliant for, uh, for the new book on, on this um, pretty fascinating, but um, complicated subject. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited. I'm excited for you, man. I mean, tell me, I want to get to the book in just a moment because I feel like it's fascinating. And the, the high overachiever, I can relate to that. I mean, it's something that I struggle with and it's kind of like, all right, what's next? What, what's the next high that I can chase? And then when you get that, it's like, what's next after that? So it becomes this like vicious cycle, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? And it's sort yeah. of like, um, so the long, the longevity fund, I mean, you, you're looking at over 200 different businesses. What do you specifically look at in a business before you go and say, I, I want to invest in you or I want to be part of you? Yeah. So um, we're looking at a number of things and some of them like pretty boring from investment perspective, but just one thing which I wanted to highlight, which I think is great to hear for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> remember our mission and, and, and my own and, and the mission of the fund is, is affordable and accessible longevity and healthcare. So everywhere we look at, uh, we're looking at democratizing the healthcare. And that means that when we invest in technology, then we invest in science, when we invest in particular scientific team or, or healthcare intervention, the decrease of the cost against current practice 
should be 10, 20, but not percent times. So I'm really excited that you know, everywhere we look at uh, is about solving the same problem with much greater efficiency at much lower cost. So, so like, for example, we invested in a company which produced affordable ultrasound uh, devices. The cost of their device is 20 to 50 times less than the current ultrasound device. This is amazing. It's just integration of the, uh, it, it does look like a smartphone. You can do a scan. You don't need to have a medical degree. You can be guided by a doctor over you know, telemedicine breach. And then it, everything goes to cloud and artificial intelligence pre-analyze all your scan and the doctor or nurse or even you receive like initial report on that. Or we invested in organ regeneration space like the company called Lygenesis, they based in Pittsburgh. What they do, they use our lymph nodes to regrow organs inside our body. So like if you have dysfunction in liver, you can regrow like a liver, well, liver B inside your body in the course of three to six months. And, and with one donor liver, Lygenesis will be able to help 50 to 75 people. While today, it's one donor liver, one recipient. There's 117,000 people in U.S. alone in, on a waiting list for donor uh, organs. And you wait for 6, 12 months. Some people die. And it's like super expensive surgery because it's just one organ goes to the other recipient body. These guys can help 50, 75 people. So, and they, and they starting human trials. They just got FDA approval in November this year. Well, this is how exciting this technology can be. And uh, I really in love with this new technology-based version of um, healthcare, where we can spend significantly less money and save more lives and bring quality, not only quantity, but like quality to everyone's life. Mm. What are some of the, the challenges surrounding that though? Because I feel like there might be a lot of them that stem <laughs> up from, it's a great goal. I totally, I totally agree with you. But what are some of the challenges that you have faced along this journey of trying to get healthcare for everyone and longevity? Well, a number of things. One is um, we are talking about human lives. Yeah. So the, your, the, your cost of mistake is so high that your regulatory process, like approval process, your testing process needs to be as rigorous as possible. So that's why you invest a lot of years into developing and testing something. So that's, that's a challenge. Um, well, the second piece is <clears throat> aging is not considered today as disease or important risk factor. So we've, we're fighting this, this, you know, bits and pieces like different diseases, but there's no economic or, or like a regulatory model to support your investment in longevity. So like if you go to the pharmacy today and you ask like, can I have like a drug against aging or, you know, all age related diseases, they would think you're crazy. They would think, or they would send you to cosmetics or supplements. And this is a little bit counterintuitive. So early on in the history of medicine, we just divided all these specializations like to, to the body systems, to organs. And this is great because we develop you know, different degrees and different fields of medicine just to be really focused on some of the organs. But we lost this comprehensive view of human body and human mind, how it um, uh, works as well. And um, so that's probably like the biggest uh, obstacles. And um, 
And finally, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, we kind of thought, which really checked out from this health agenda, and we delegated all these decisions to other people. While I do think that, we, that, that all of us need to be part of this conversation, you don't need to like do diagnostic or you don't need to make uh, to give yourself medical advice specifically for some of the very severe diseases, but we completely excluded from that. And this is really bad. So would you consider aging now as a disease or something that is just natural for us to get used to, but we can prevent the, yeah, the side effects, I guess, of the symptoms of aging, which come about like, you know, arthritis, all these other, other yeah. issues that stem up. So do you, do you consider aging as a disease? I do consider aging is extremely important risk factor because with the age, uh, your chances to get, uh, as I call, four killer monsters, four most dangerous diseases. And this is like 90% of the death after age of 50. Cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and pretty new for us, neurogenerative diseases like dementia, Alzheimer's as well. Uh, your chances to get them is like 20, 40, 50 times more after you turn 45. So aging is a natural process, as well as some other you know, different natural processes in our life. But right now, we're living in unique intersection of time and evolution of humanity. When we finally can uh, address that, we can fight. We already know all 3,000 genes in our DNA, which are responsible for aging. They're actually working much better in, in, uh, in the bodies and minds of so-called centenarians, people who live 100 years plus. So we studied that. Right now, we are in the process of development different technologies which will help us to influence this and help people with dementia to spend last few years of their life with, uh, with the brain which is working properly and they can enjoy their family, enjoy their life as well, uh, or help people with very rare um, genetic diseases as well. So there's so many things that we can do on genetic level. And, and having said that, we are participating in the, today in, in the global experiment in gene therapy because Moderna, AstraZeneca, some of the other COVID vaccines are uh, the outcomes of gene therapy. So congratulations, we're already living in this world. And remember, I, just, I was just looking at the article two weeks ago, and, it's, and it starts with Moderna vaccine has been developed in the course of two days. What? Imagine that. Yeah, like decades ago, it would take decades to develop vaccine against any particular disease or the virus. But right now, obviously, they did a lot of work before that. It's not like they set up Moderna uh, early uh, last year. But just this, this whole quality and the quantity of response and speed of response to COVID is an amazing example how far we went with development of medicine. And like, And if you bring technology there, we're going to be unbeatable. We're going to be spending less government and tax money on healthcare and will help more people to realize themselves and to, to become like a better version of themselves. So why is it that some people, because I want to stay on the subject of genes and changing genes for a second, why is it that some people live longer than other people in particular? And then can we change a person's gene that, doesn't look like they are going to live forever so that they can live forever. Is that possible? 
yes. Uh, so first of all, like on immortality, I'm not a big fan of immortality. I, I actually, I don't think that uh, immortality is achievable. Even if we live substantially longer, like, well, let's be crazy, 150 or 200 years, then your life will look like, like a series of life extension decisions, like every five to 10 years. And I'm talking about this in uh, chapter 10 of my book, which actually explains like how life will look like in 50, 100 years from now, when we'll have access to all these beautiful technologies. So uh, first of all, like immortality is, is just, uh, just a concept, right? And if you take away like the death from the human life cycle, I don't want to be human, right? This, this has to be an end, but like, can I improve the quantity and quality of my years between beginning and an end? Yes. And uh, I want to offer this to a lot of people. So let me give a simplified version of the answer to your question. Like 30 or 40% of our longevity is genetically predetermined. And if you look at centenarians today, like in 70% of cases, they have this like good expression of uh, this longevity genes. Like the model of longevity that we have today while looking at centenarians is really old model. They just been lucky in yeah. genetic lottery and in the environment that where they were born and raised. So that's, and we want to change that. So first of all, we would like to address this 30 or 40% kind of piece, which influence our health and longevity through gene editing and gene therapy. So that's, that's one. For, and second piece is really predefined by your behavior, by your longevity choices today, by the environment you live in, it, by your lifestyle, by your health strategy, if you want. Like, are you doing annual screening? Are you catching cancer at early stage when your recovery rates today uh, at 90 or 100%? or you're just waiting for disease to manifest itself. You go to doctor and they're like, bad news, you have stage four cancer, your recovery chances are like 20%. So what is your choice? And there's so many things that we can do today to stay on longevity bridge, to um, spend another 10, 20 healthy and happy years on earth until all this technology from what I call near horizon of longevity, innovation, will arrive to the earth, will be massively available and we all can enjoy extra 10, 20, 30 healthy and happy years on earth. Do you believe in, uh, I believe um, Walt Disney wanted to do this about freezing yourself, cryogenics. Is that, um, do you believe in any of that? <laughs> I, 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 I have a lot of friends in this community. This is a very special community. They're so keen on that. I, it's not the choice for me. Number one, I do think it's, it's a pretty old technology right now. Like we're looking at human avatars to invest and like creating our, our avatar is just much easier and, and more efficient, even like cheaper way to do it. So we'll look at uh, three companies, one in Japan and two in the U S which, which working on, on creating human avatars. I'm actually creating another Sergey Young next year. This is my resolution for the next year is to create a, a virtual avatar of Sergey Young because I want to, uh, to spread my message, right? Just, just for people to be excited about living longer, taking back control and responsibility for their own health and live longer, healthier and happier version of their life. So it, it, this is coming and like, right? like doing this in cryogenic ways is a little bit outdated. So that's one, my problem number one, 
with this. My problem number two, remember, I'm not in the business of extending my own life. Mm-hmm. Even if I die at the age of 80, but like our next generations of people on earth, my grandkids, your grandkids, uh, for all of us, they will have an opportunity to live healthier, happier, and longer life. My mission is done. This is great. So like, I don't want to preserve myself. I just want to like maximize my impact and, and sharing the best of me with the world um, through throughout my life. This avatar subject is is kind of um fascinating me a little bit more so, so you can actually in real life create an avatar of yourself that is going to be walking around and interacting with other humans is that correct yeah so uh, well it is two distinctive types of avatar one is called robotic avatars and this is similar to what we've seen at remember peter jackson and my interview with him for for the book um so, and we have a section on avatars and and the book as well. So, like very simple one one route is just to create robotic avatar. So then you will have a robot, and you can send him or her uh, uh, to like to the Mars, to the North Pole, to South Pole, to like some of the dangerous places. So like you can orchestrate this robot, you know, from through different means, like. Um, uh, similar, similar like VR headset and, and a haptics that uh, we have today. So this is what we've seen in, in the other Avatar movie. Uh, so that's one. <clears throat> Would it be like human-like and, and look-alike robots, or are they going to be more technical? Um, we don't know, but it's obviously there's just a lot of development going into that space. Well, the other piece, and you can recreate yourself in the virtual world, like in 20 years from now, we're going to be doing like a backups of our brain. And um, so you can just you know, do it uh, virtually. And um, and this is much easier. Like we, so we're talking on Zoom today. And uh, next year, if I'm successful, like, you know, I can be joined by the other version of Sergey Young. And it's going to be three of us having important conversation. And when it's... When, and, and this guy can be responsible for like remembering on all the figures on, on the human trials, on um, global population data, on the global healthcare spend as well. So it's not really mutually exclusive. But like for me, it's, it's um, the most important piece is the ethics of longevity. Because in 10, 20 years time, uh, the biggest problem and biggest obstacles for us to live longer is not going to be in the field of science and it's not going to be in the field of technology. It's going to be in the field of ethics, human ethics and regulation. <clears throat> I just done a TEDx talk called Morality of Immortality. And this is the name of the chap- like a last chapter of my book, which talks about the ethics and, and morality of life extension. The problem is like two thirds of the people in today's world don't want to live longer. Why is that? And the, the, the issue is that we have created all this science and technologies to extend our life, but we haven't created life that we want to extend. There are so many problems in the world, like inequality gap, all these social constructs that we have today uh, in the world are not suitable for people who live in 75, 80, 120, 150 years. They were all created back when we were living 35 years on average. Mm-hmm. marriage, retirement, um, career. These are all outdated concepts. And I, I like them. We just need to upgrade them. Two thirds of the marriages go through divorce stage in the first five to seven years. Well, let's just bring 
another additional form of mutual responsibility for like kids raising partnership uh, or career or retirement. It's all binary. You have full-time job and then in the age of what, 60 or 65, you have zero job. Mm -hmm. World is not black and white. We have we can have so many models to engage uh, so-called older people, people that I love, uh, into a productive part of the workforce or co our community in the in the in the society, and or our relationship with Mother Nature. Yeah, I'm not sure it's like the biggest problem for uh, Australia. You guys have a beautiful relationship there, beautiful nature, but like in some of the countries. We just we just drop plastic in the ocean and 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 assume we're gonna die in like twenty years from now and like our kids and grandkids um, will sort it out for us. If we're gonna be living longer, we will face the consequences of our own actions and we will need to have much more responsible relationship with our own health and with health of our planet. So this is my biggest concern. Mm, I can see the the ethics surrounding longevity and all these other areas you sort of are researching in because in some respect for me like it is exciting but on the other respect i look at it and i think there may be some other issues surrounding the fact of being human like those areas like sure we are creating a bunch of technology to make our life better easier but then again is it really, or is it like, are we creating a worse society, a, a lazier society of people? Like I'm always interested by that. Like and I, I watch technology that is coming out on a regular basis and it, some of it, it is like no doubt exciting, but other areas for me, at least it's quite scary. So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what can I do as a, as a young person, or even if a young person is listening to this, and they've got no idea either. So what can they do revolving around these, these issues that are no doubt going to come up as a result? Yeah, look, I think it comes down, it's it's even broader question like, you know, how we all can be more successful and, and live in harmony with the world. And the first step is always to take 100% of responsibility. Okay, so if you if you are concerned about our relationship with mother nature, take responsibility. Right, just make sure you lead particular action or movement, or you make your personal choices in terms of the like how you're treating the waste, right? So that's one. <clears throat> and same goes to your health. Don't delegate this, you know, all these decisions. There's a, there's a separate chapter in the book called uh, "Who Wants to Live Forever?" Actually, uh, but it's not about living forever. It's 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 a bonus chapter, and it's twice as long as any other chapter in the book. And it's dedicated to 10 longevity choices that you can, you can make today to live longer, healthier, and happier version of your life. And, if, and, and, and choice number 10, actually called Think and Grow Young, it's about your sense of responsibility, sense of purpose in this life. And it's all about sharing more, like giving more than you take and it goes in so many resources, like your time resources, your money resources, etc. So <clears throat> we are responsible for changing this world. So let's just start it. Let's not wait for 15, 25 years when we, you know, gene editing technology will arrive to our uh, life or when we will all have a choice to create like a human avatar. But it's time to start this conversation today and this movement. And I feel like our leaders 
whether they're in parliament that make the bigger decisions for our world, I think they need to listen more. And because they're the one that make the great bigger, big change, right? The ones that, that sign off on everything that actually gets things moving forward. So yes, the, the young people can have a voice. Yes, it's their choice, no doubt. And I hope it stays that way as well. I hope the young people still have a voice and they can actually, you know, voice it and not get cancelled or censored or anything like that. Like it, it should be free. Like if we're saying take ownership of what you know to be true, then if that's the case, then we shouldn't demeanor or uh, belittle anyone else's opinion. We should all come together and respect it. I believe that, but it's easier said than done, right? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, um, you have on. I, I was researching this even more. So you have. I know you, I'm looking looking at the time, so don't worry. A few more questions for you. Um, the, no, I have more. I I thought it's going to be thirty minutes conversation. I have at least two hours for you. So well, let's just continue. Oh, let's I go. can talk about longevity forever. Let's go, my friend. <laughs> I've got so many more questions for you, but this one is, is very interesting. So you have the near horizon of longevity and the far horizon of longevity. Are you able to explain the differences of that? And then I kind of want to stay on the far horizon after you've finished explaining and you'll okay. see why. Okay. So um, uh, longevity space become pretty confusing uh, recently, right? Today you read like you need to do stem cells injection. And then tomorrow you read the stem cells injection is not still going to approved and it can have, it can have very severe side effects. And now you need to put, you need to eat blueberries. Like tomorrow you read blueberries are eroding your stomach from inside. So I thought I'll just bring a little bit of discipline and organization into longevity science and technology space. So there's uh, three, <clears throat> like a periods of time that you that you can influence. So one is now, what you can do now, and this is again, this your 10 longevity choices as I explain in the book. And this goes from doing, well, it's boring stuff, but it works. This can actually help you to live to 100 healthy and happy years. Unless you're like extremely unlucky in, in your genetic lottery ticket, you can live to 100 healthy and happy years. So you just need to go through this 10 longevity choices and they are like, doing your annual checkups, don't do stupid um, decisions in terms of taking unnecessary risks, like riding motorcycles um, and going to the North Pole and South Pole as I did. Uh, it's a, or tobacco smoking, it's like minus 10 years from your life. It, it is about diet, like more plant-based, decreasing the calories, physical exercises and peace of mind as we describe it, which is sleep, meditation, sense of purpose. So that's now, okay? So then <clears throat> why we need to extend our life today? Well, the reason is that in 10, 15 years from now, we're gonna, we're gonna reach the near horizon of longevity. And these are all the technologies and scientific discoveries that we are supporting through Longevity Vision Fund. And we are not the only one, like governments, by bio, uh, biotech investment, big pharma, uh, a lot of, um, different people support the development of these technologies. And, and, and this is very exciting. So what is happening there, we, we're gonna see very affordable and accessible access to gene therapy, gene editing, organ regeneration. Remember this organ replacement technology uh, and organ um, uh, regrowing technology that I explained. We're gonna, we're gonna have completely new uh, class of drugs like 
longevity in a pill. Uh, drugs which will address aging processes in our body rather than particular individual disease. So this will arrive to us in 10 to 20 years from now. But you, today, you need to live a way which supports the idea of extending your the health of your body and your mind in 10 to 20 years uh, time. Because, because right now, if you're not taking care of your health, like why you need to extend this uh, this you know, outdated, diminished version of your body in 10, 20 years from now. So that's near horizon of longevity. And this is where the main focus of longevity vision fund. So then uh, after that, and this will actually help us to live longer. I don't know whether it's 120, 130 or 150 years, but obviously we will be able to break the sound barrier of the maximum lifespan on earth, which is today 122 years. Thanks to this beautiful um, uh, French woman. I, I, I tell her story in the book. It's just, it's really amazing story. Uh, <clears throat> she died uh, 20 years ago on the age of 122 years. Funny enough, she was smoking until age of 117. Remember my earlier point that almost all centenarians that we have today been genetically predisposed to longer living. And this is what we want to change. Um, so that's the, like a near horizon of longevity. And then we'll reach the far horizon of longevity. And this is in 25, uh, 50 years from now. Remember, before we, we discuss all these exciting technologies, remember, and you raised this point, Jay, there's a lot of ethical and moral issues and trade-offs behind these technologies. I'm actually waiting for this far horizon of longevity innovation with combination of excitement and fear. I'm human being. Mm. I'm full of fears, like many of us. Uh, but then <clears throat> the way our life will change, so th these new technologies will help us to live uh, substantially longer. And as I explained in the beginning of our conversation, our whole life will look like a series of life extension decisions. When every five to 10 years, you decide, well, if I, if, I, if I have something to do on earth, I wanna spend more time with my kids or grandkids, do something big, like go to Mars. I want to go to Mars when I, when, when I will have um, 50, 70 more years on earth. I'll, I'll, I'll always can, I can excuse myself for two or three years from my family on earth, from my big mission and go to this beautiful, um, uh, exciting planet. So what are the technologies which we will have in the far horizon of longevity? Um, few things. One, human avatars that we discussed with you. Uh, second, our brain gonna be integrated with artificial intelligence, with computer power. And this is similar to what is done today by Elon Musk. You have actually two kinds of technology. One is non-invasive, like you have something like your headset, yeah. which is scans your brain waves and it's, it's, and it's like mutual interface. It's like a two-way road, uh, exchanging with your brain signal. Uh, <clears throat> I'm more for that because this is not invasive and like we already have something like that, but it might be not as precise as we need for our brain to work because it's, it's really complex. So Elon Musk is experimenting with more invasive technology when you actually implant the chip um, inside your brain. And, um, and, what, and if you think it's scary, think about people who suffer today from uh, dementia. I don't know if you see, if you watch this movie called The Father with Anthony Hopkins. The whole movie is done, I think it's like two hours, but it's done 
through the lenses, through the eyes of the person who suffers from dementia. This is one of the most heartbreaking movies I've seen in life. And uh, if we will be able to help with this human brain AI interface, the people in the very old age who suffers from neurogenerative diseases to improve, to like completely change the quality of the last five or 10 years of their life. Well, that's amazing achievement. Then what else? We're going to be doing the, like a backup of our brain every month uh, or two. Um, yeah, the, the whole version of medicine are going to be completely personalized because a lot of devices in our body and in our home are going to be responsible for checking the status of our health. And, and, and so I call it Internet of Bodies, similar to, I don't know, you probably heard about the concept of Internet of Things and they, all the things in our home and in the world are interconnected. Yeah. So the same thing will happen with uh, our bodies. And we're going to be full of sensors. I'm full of sensors today. So like I'm speaking to you, I'm very ordering to measure my sleep. Whoop! I'm experimenting with Whoop from Amazon just to see like how my body responds to the different stresses as well. I'm wearing Apple Watch because Apple is doing a lot of investments into the healthcare space. And it's this, this whole thing, I'm wearing glucose monitor right here for the, which works for 14 days and give me the understanding like how different foods influence my body. Zero patch here to measure the work of uh, my heart. And, and then we've done it with cars. Like, can we just recreate the same with our bodies? And, and I do believe our bodies and our minds are much more precious and important to us than our cars. Yeah. So internet of bodies, we're all going to be interconnected and it's going to be, going to be decentralized artificial intelligence based system, which managed our health and help us to identify risks at extremely early stage. So that's, that's like the vision of the future that I have. As always with futuristic prediction, predictions, some of them uh, will come in like two years from now, not in 50 years from now. And some of them will, will never be realized or available to us. But it's important to, to see the, like the picture of the future. And I spend a lot of time on it uh, in the book because it can be useful even for one thing, which is like, what are the ethics of today's world and ethics of the future? how we should use our gene editing capabilities for the benefits of humanity, rather than just to help someone very rich to live longer and for the rest is, is you know, not to be enjoying their life. Mm. One big ethical problem that I see with all of this is the government mandating that we should either have a chip implanted in us or they put something in our in our phones to watch over us to govern us or god forbid they put something in our body as well like for a vaccine i'm not saying that they are but just god forbid that does happen that's what i'm against because then it takes away the 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 essence of choice for a human being of yeah, yeah this is my body i want to do what i I want with it. It's all good and well if someone wants to actually have this injected in them to try it out, for example, or to benefit from it, hopefully. But there there would be a lot of people that wouldn't want to take part in it, which I also understand just as much as I understand the person that does want to partake in it. So that's one of the big ethical things that I am worried about, I guess you could say, from that standpoint of it getting over to the government and the government saying, nah, this is going to be compulsory now because we're already starting 
to see little signs of it with vaccine passports, like to, our freedoms to be taking away, if you know what I mean. So I don't want that to happen. I'm hoping it doesn't happen with um, like all these other technologies that are being introduced. Like it, it's amazing technology. Like if you can cure dementia for an old person, that would that's that's insane. If you can cure viruses, diseases, cancer, for example, by all means, that is fantastic. Like keep keep it up. But if you go a step further, which is what humans have the tendency to do like the power, the control, all that sort of stuff. That's where I see the ethical dilemma. So I agree. Yeah. I agree, Jay. I mean, th that would be awful, but like, can I just be provocative with you? Go for it. Yeah. And uh, look, I'm not, I'm, I share your concerns hundred percent. I'm, I'm not a fan of this idea, but like, again, just share a provocative thought. We already have this chip. It's not implanted. We carry this chip every day, every minute with us. And it's called a smartphone. We're just using very inefficient interfaces to interact with it. So I'm using my eyes, I'm using my ears when I speak over the phone and, and I'm using my fingers to type. That's it. Yeah. But otherwise, think about this. We already made this choice because we all, without any push from the government, we carry these devices and, and they give anyone, like on a government level, on a private level, uh, the ability and, and risk to track yeah, almost all about us. Mm -hmm. So in a way, uh, I do agree with you. I, what I wanted to say, it's uh, this is not a problem of the future. This is a problem of today. But like, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I came from Russia. You know, I'm the last guy to talk about politics in different uh, countries. So I, I stick to my narrow mission of changing 1 billion lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm um, trying you know, not to, to work on a government level because it's get political uh, very easy. I do agree with you. And we all need to be mindful. So this, this technology already exists and we carry uh, this technology with us every day. I like how you said that, man, because I'm not like against any of this at all. Like I'm not, and it could be just from my lack of understanding to the full extent like you, uh, you have more understanding about all this than what I do. So I'm learning still in the process. And I'm like, I'm trying to gather as much information as I possibly can to make my decision or to make my choice consciously. But you're right. We do carry around phones that have chips in it. I mean, so we're already there. We just haven't implanted it into our bodies yet. We haven't injected anything. So, <laughs> I mean, that that's going to come, no doubt. So. Um, but one thing that I was interested in with the far horizon side of things is, I mean, this is like science fiction stuff. I mean, uh, nano, nano robots, I mean, putting, putting that in your bloodstream. Can you, yeah. like, how in the world does someone develop those little things? Uh, look, it's very fascinating. And, um, uh, well, where do I start? Well, first of all, let's just explain the concept of nanobots. Think about really small robots, robots with which you know the size of um, which you, which cannot be really visible to you. So they're going to be flow, you know, flowing um, in our blood and in all other liquids in our body. And like, and these these simple explanation. Imagine they would just attack cancer cell, uh, cells and we'll be able to fight cancer in our body. So that's 
that's like a simple picture of how nanobots will work. Uh, so that's one. Two, it's technology of the future, and it's uh, and I've heard about few companies who are working on that today. Unfortunately, it's such a secretive technology. So we haven't been able with all the longevity vision fund reputation power our big mission. We haven't been able to reach these companies and and get the information like how it actually works. I don't know what's the level of probably some defensive yeah, or defense application of that. I don't know why is that, but so I don't have like a precise uh, information to tell you more. But what I do know. Uh, a lot of people developing um, like uh, you know, small capsules, which will, which you can kind of swallow, and then obviously it goes away in a natural way in a few hours uh, or tomorrow morning from your body. And uh, even if you watch development of this, so like, so my oldest son, I have four kids. So he's 22. He can he has some. Yeah, problems with his stomach um, and the gut system, yeah. right? So before that, he was just doing gastroscopy. Uh, this year, uh, they give him like a capsule that you swallow, and then capsule makes you know, all the research while it goes through your tract from stomach to colon, and away, you know, make all the um, necessary diagnostic on its way. So effectively replacing gastroscopy and. Uh, I just, I have a call, like a Zoom call next week with a company. I still haven't spoke to them. What they've done, they actually put four engines, small engines on the back of this capsule. So right now, it's not like the capsule just goes naturally inside your gut system. It's actually, uh, so they managed to put in this capsule like uh, four really mini engines. And it's now becoming like self-driven inside your body. And this is today. They still need to test it on humans. They have a um, couple of crazy founders. They they just testing this capsule on themselves. Like every time they go and uh, uh, somewhere and speak, and they just swallow this capsule, and they say, like, you know, this is my body. I can do whatever I want. It's pretty safe technology. But like, imagine, and this is happening today. So the only difference to nanobots that I explained is just size of this device. That's it. And we've seen in, in many cases when the size of devices is, um, has been decreased significantly, like smartphones 25 years ago was a really heavy, you know, large box. Right now is, you know, as small as, as you want, right? Can be even integrated in your Apple Watch or in even smaller than that. So similar things will happen with um, nanobots. That is incredible. Like it kind of reminds me, um making superhumans or superpowers yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what that's what i'm looking out for you know <laughs> if that's if that's even possible like giving us superhuman strength or some something crazy like that i mean that would be unreal that's just my wild mind going off with the fairies a little bit there <laughs> um, i agree yeah but Sergey, your new book is out August 24, so it will be out um, after this episode drops. So I want people to go and get a copy of his book. It's called The Science and Technology of Growing Young. So can you explain to me, uh, if I was to pick up a copy of, of this book and turn to any page or chapter first within the book, not not just the first chapter, but any anywhere in the book, that I'm going to get a renewed perspective or uh, idea, which page or chapter would you recommend that I turn to first? 
uh, well, if you're new to the field, you need to start with chapter number one, and, and it, it is about longevity revolution. What are the things which are changing around us? Like the largest healthcare companies on earth are going to be like Google, Amazon, Apple, or environment around us is, is becoming more longevity friendly and actually helps us to live longer not to um, decrease our health. So that's one. And if you're not new to the field, you just go to the last chapter, which is morality of immortality, read about new exciting world and what we should do today in terms of the ethics of the world. And obviously my favorite is the bonus chapter, which is 10 longevity choices of what are the things that you um, should do today. The, the key message of the book, we all gonna be living longer or radically longer. And we need to be prepared for that. The time to decide and make your choices is today. I don't want you to be victim, uh, victim of uh, what is happening around you in 10, 20 years from now. You need to have completely different health strategy, completely different financial strategy. Even your relationship and family strategy should be different. And like, obviously, book is like 80% about health and, and different technologies, but like more insights there for our um everyday uh life we put amazing uh, a, a, a amazing pre-order offer for the book so if you pre-order the book go uh, go to sergeyyoung.com and uh you're gonna get like free access to longevity video academy i i uh, filmed 12 10 minutes video about different aspects of longevity of today and tomorrow a couple of more books one about um the diet, which is one of the most important component of your health change today, and about uh, kids' health because I have four kids, so I I wrote a small book and it's again it goes for free to our readers as well uh, about how we need to change the mindset of our kids early on in their life before they see all this advertising, the influence of industrial food or um, unhealthy practices, so our kids will live uh, healthier and happier version of their life and obviously longer. That's amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy, Sergey, and read it and share it with my audience here in Australia and abroad. But um, my final question for you, this is my all-time favorite question I ask everyone at the end before I ask people where they, where they can find you and all that sort of stuff. This is a hypothetical question, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you have been able to reach the age of 100 and all your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever, ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. I don't think it'd be too hard with technology when you get to that age, but uh, just imagine they've got it all for me and they put it together and they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Uh, well, this is the man who brought finally brought affordability and accessibility to the healthcare. And uh, this is the man who were in a large group of people who actually managed to transform healthcare from expensive, risky, um, one human driven um, system, uh, which is not necessarily efficiently working to something which became a universal, and very basic human right and uh, service. We, we, we will not, and, and so I, I've, I would like to dream about in time, then we would not even think about the healthcare. It's gonna be embedded in technology around us. And we can dedicate 
more time, more years to make in the world a better place, to realize our dreams and to take care of our kids. And yeah, our kids uh, should be better than us on all fronts. I have loved this conversation. So much amazing and interesting stuff <laughs> to absorb. Sergey Young, thank you so much for your time today, for coming on the Storybox podcast. Where can people find you and connect with you, man? Yeah, thank you, Jay. Thanks, everyone. Um, so the easiest way to connect is go to sergeyyoung.com and you'll find a lot of useful stuff there. Uh, you can see, uh, you can sign up for newsletters. You can like pre-order the book um, See and just continue to monitor like what we're doing in Longevity Vision Fund and uh, how we change in the world together with you. But otherwise, I want everyone to, again, take responsibility and control of their health agenda and uh, stay healthy and happy. That's a good message. So, Gayang, thank you so much once again, sir, for coming on the Storybox podcast. Thank you. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.